MPB. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. MPBonline.org. MPB Think Radio. Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? Feels good, looks good, smells good, is good. I'm a horticulturist, Felder Rushing, and we're going to be talking about gardening for the next hour. Hope you're into it because that's what we're going to be doing. One of the locally produced programs here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting, and today it's all about gardening. So sit back and relax, folks. We're going to do a few emails. Don't have a guest today because I'd like to just play catch up. What's on your gardening mind? Whatever you want to talk about, if it's related to gardening, at any stretch of the imagination, we'll talk about it. Again, horticulturist Felder Rushing, Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Welcome to a beautiful day in the fall in the South. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. mpbonline.org. MPB Think Radio. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's Felder Rushing, and I'll put keep on my horticulture hat if you want, or I'll just talk gardening. Whatever you want to do. It's a call-in program today. A lot of things going on this weekend. It's a beautiful weekend in the South. I know some of us could use some rain, but, you know, state fair and people picking cotton and folks gathering the sugar cane and all that kind of stuff you want to do, football games, stuff like that. So we'd rather rain about midnight Saturday night, I guess, and be done so that we can get out and whoop it up in this beautiful, beautiful weather. Nice and cool, not too hot in the daytime, not quite too chilly at night, but perfect for a fire. Matter of fact, that's what I was out doing this morning, assembling a fire pit. My daughter Zoe's uh, graduating from her school, and she wanted to have a party, and she wanted to borrow my fire pit. I said, nope, not going to do it, my, m- mostly because mine's too heavy to pick up. So I got her one, you know, at one of the, the box stores, put it together with the little screwdriver that came in the kit, and she's ready. I got her some firewood, some nice split oak that's been seasoned for several months. It's nice and crisp. I split some into kindling. It'll be a nice little fire. Great way to get people out of the house, out of the kitchen, out of the living room, out of the garage, off the patio, standing around talking about stuff with a nice, warm, glowing fire uh, with wood that's been cured so it doesn't smoke and crackle and pop and stuff. Anyway, it's that kind of weekend. State Fair, too. Hope to see some of y'all there. I'll probably be there Saturday night or so. I know I'll be there Sunday. I mean, this you know, I, I lose weight every September just so I could go to the state fair and eat fried stuff. Although I am partial, personally, I'm partial to the roasted corn that they have. They roast corn that uh, from local folks, and it is really, really good. Um, also, I uh, helped a friend put a baffle in her backyard. She had a... Um, uh, she, she lives in a duplex, and she has a fire pit in her backyard, and a neighbor put a security light that was so bright it blinded me three blocks away. So we put up a little piece of a fence, you know, just a section of fence, eight feet wide, and it's not all the way to the ground. It starts about, oh, three feet or so off the ground and goes up about six feet. So it's sort of like putting your hand up against the sun so you can see better. We just knocked out the security light so she can have a little bit more fun around her fire pit without feeling like that she's all lit up there. A lot of other things. Um, I repaired some of the night lighting. You know, I've got a low-voltage night lighting, which is so easy. My 12-year-old, well, he's, he's 25 or 26 now, but when he was 12, we installed this system, and it's really, really easy. Replace a few bulbs, change the timer when daylight savings time comes to an end, but uh, some of the old fixtures had to had got pretty well worn out. So I went around night before last and last night, uh, replacing a few things here and there, real snap, real easy. And now you can get from the house to the street and back without having light shining in your face and without uh, missing a beat. So lots of stuff we can do. Uh, this weekend, putting in a French drain uh, for a good friend of mine whose uh, patio has too much water on it, runs off and kills all of the grass. So we're putting a French drain. In other words, we're just boodling around gardening and stuff like that got plenty of things uh, other things i want to talk about uh, we're going to go to your phone calls in just a second but let me mention a couple of events this coming monday october the 10th i'm teaching a cottage gardening class how to have 
at least a slice of a cottage garden in Mississippi. If you want a little information about it, can't make it to Millsaps College Monday night, uh, go to the Clarin Ledger, clarinledger.com, scroll down to Southern Style and Gardening, and I've got an article about gardening, about Southern Cottage Gardening. Also have a, a link and a list and some pictures on my website. So go to felderrushing.net, non-commercial site, felderrushing.net, scroll down to the thing about Southern Cottage Garden and take it from there. Uh, I'm going to be in uh, Memphis in a couple of weeks at the Botanic Garden. I'm going to be in Fairhope, Alabama in uh, about three weeks. I'm going to be next weekend downtown Ocean Springs. Look for my pickup truck. It's going to be a thing sponsored by my old friend Sam Tucker, whose former house I now live in. Anyway, a lot of other things going on. If you know of some things, give us a call. Let us know. It's toll-free, 1-877-672-7464, 1-877-MPB-RING. Let's slide down to Hattiesburg and see what's going on with Barbara and her crepe myrtles. Hey, Barbara, good morning. Oh, hi. Um, quick question. Yeah. I, I live in a, well, I bought a, um, a townhouse here in Hattiesburg a couple of years ago. It's, it's a big, big area, but I'm on an end unit, and I have, what, four crepe myrtles around me. Uh-huh. The lawn service cuts them back very severely November, December. Yeah. I was originally from the New Orleans area, and I never, ever saw that done. Is there any way I can get them, at least on my the ones around me, to cut them so that they can go back to their natural shape? Well, yeah, sure, and uh, and let me ask you this: Do they come back to big balls on the ends of the on the stems? They, they come back with such long, long, long branches yeah, yeah, that yeah. you know bang against the windows. And then, if we have in the spring when they're coming, when they just come out, you know, you have I'm yeah. on the end unit. Have it's like an alley there with wind. Yeah, and they're broken off, and it's just. Awful, yeah. but I just don't like those long, long, long branches, and, and they're just well, everywhere. Well, here, here's how, how they can do that. First of all, they don't have to cut them back, you know, and you need to find out who it is who's paying them and ask them, or else just contact them yourself and say, look, when you get to mine, or a little hang a little sign to remind them or something. As long as the uh, townhouse people agree to it, you know, as long as there's not any rules about it, you, mm-hmm. know, you can tell them to do whatever you want to. But yeah, be, um, uh, you know, I mean, they're not hard or anything like oh, that. I, I know, you know, I know, I know. I don't know, you know, should I just, pr- well, pr- I mean, pr- they pruning, still have all these old long branches, listen, so what we could do about that? Pruning crepe myrtles is a style. It doesn't hurt the plant. Some people like it, some people don't, some people do it. Some, but, but the main thing, let me throw out something you can do. When they cut them back really hard, if they're going to, when they put out new growth in the spring and it gets uh-huh. a foot or two long, if you'll go out and just pinch the tips off those shoots, instead of shooting up long and tall, they will branch out. It's just called tip pruning. So, you know, if you can keep them from cutting them back and let them get high enough to where it's not going to be a problem, which is fine, that'd be great. Otherwise, when they cut them back, just come back and, you know, when the new growth is, oh, foot or two or three long, just snip the tips off. And, again, they'll bush out instead of getting long and tall. Oh, okay. And, and they'll still bloom. They'll bloom on the new growth. Mm-hmm. Well, I really appreciate that and love your show. Oh, well, thank you, Barbara. Appreciate you being part of it. Thank you. All right, he moved up to New Orleans, to Hattiesburg from New Orleans. Let's go over to Clinton and talk to Ann. Hi, Ann, good morning. Uh, good morning, and how are you? I'm so far so good. You good. Got a, I have a, a Burford holly, Buford holly. Uh-huh, Burford. That I planted in 1965 under wow. my bedroom window. Now, I have never had berries on it until after 2009. The mm-hmm. only thing that's happened is we lost a 100-year-old tree in the yard west of my house. And the branches that are growing over my front fence on the east side of my house have the berries. Is this unusual? Uh, not really, but it's kind of kinky if you want to know the answer. Okay. <laughs> the, the branches hanging over the fence is getting pollinated from a nearby other po- uh, holly. They're pollinated. Okay. They're pollinated. You've got a female. If it's got berries, it's female. But there are males out there that only have the flowers. Uh-huh. And somebody on that side of the fence got a male, and the bees are spreading the pollen. Okay, I was just curious because it's. It, I kept. I bought them because <laughs> I wanted the berries many years ago. Yeah, that, but never had any. No, they're so se- I, they're separate male and female. If you can have all females but no male, I can have any berries. Well, that's about what happened. But yeah. right now, I've got them all on one side, and it's they're pretty. But, I, that's what I wanted. 20 but, years ago, 30 uh, years ago. Well, good. You know, you can go to a floral shop and buy some little fake berries and wire them on. Yeah, I know. I've tried that too. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> have fun, Ann. 
Huh, the birds and the bees, something about that. Now let's go. To, let's talk to Ayla. Ayla is in. Is it Chulahoma? Yes, sir. All right. Where's Chulahoma? Uh, Marshall County, west of uh, Holly Springs on okay. Highway Four. Up in what we call the icebox part of the state. Yeah, it's pretty cold. It, but it's it's pretty up there too. Yes, sir. Well, what can I help you with this morning, Ayla? Yeah, I want to know my amaryllis uh, bulbs that I've kept in pots out in the yard all summer and been having nice green leaves. Uh huh. When they die back. What's the trick to get them to send up a flower bud in the early winter, spring, instead of just leaves? Well, it's not really a trick. Um, These plants are native South Africa, and they normally go through a a dormant spell in the summertime. They go completely dormant. And if yours aren't, if they stay green, they might not be getting the rest period they need. Other thing is, keep in mind, the amaryllis are pretty, you know, you're pretty far north for them. I would consider most amaryllis. Uh, even the, the, the red ones would be borderline in central, north-central Mississippi. I see some in Memphis, but you're kind of far north. What you might want to do is, if you got enough of them, Ayla, is try this fall digging some of them up and letting them completely dry out, just like what you buy at the garden center, and then replant them in the spring. Well, these ones I, I have in pots. I bring them in. Oh, you got them in pots. Well, yes. the main thing is just let them go completely stone cold dormant. Let them dry out and don't give them a drop of water. No um, water. No. I mean, just let them, because they're native to a really hot, arid part of the country that normally doesn't get any kind of uh, any kind of of, uh, of 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 rain at all. They go completely dormant, and you can force that in a pot by just withholding water. Okay. And good luck on it. And when they start growing next year, give them a little bit of fer- just a little bit of, of fertilizer at the beginning of the growing season, and uh, not you know not towards the end. All right, thank you, Felder. Thank good you. Good luck. Time. Stay warm this winter. Okay, we got some other calls on the line. I want to talk about them, but uh, we got to take a break. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing, and you're listening to the Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Again, this is the State Fair going on this weekend, next weekend. A lot of interesting stuff going on, a lot of good, good food. Got some cheesy music coming up in a little while that's going to set some of your skin crawling. Uh, But other than that, everything's good. Next weekend, downtown Ocean Springs on Saturday, look for my pickup truck. Me and my truck and my brown dog will be there talking about gardening from the back of a pickup truck that has a garden growing in it. And again, Cottage Gardening in Mississippi at Millsaps College is coming Monday night. If you want information, call Millsaps College or go to millsaps.com. Edu. We'll be back with more of the Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting right after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. MPBonline.org. MPB. Think Radio. All righty, welcome back, folks. Horticulture's Felder Rushing. A couple of quick emails. Uh, one is from Margaret in Holmes County. She says, I have some Stella de Oro daylilies, which, by the way, Margaret, are really cool. I love them. Daylily people are bored with them because they're so common. They're so common because they're so good. Uh, anyway, she said, I want to move them to a better spot in my yard. Can I move them now? Is there a better time? Uh in general, I say move plants that season opposite when they bloom. But daylilies, you can move any day of the year. No big deal at all. I dig up whole big clumps, divide them up into smaller clumps, spread the wealth, and then mulch them a little bit. They'll make it fine through the winter. Stella de Oro is hardy up in the upper Midwest and New England, so it won't freeze, but you have a real danger of keeping it too wet. So dig them, divide them, water them in real good, walk away from them. And uh, one other email, this is from... Uh, um, Carrie Eason, she says, when can I relocate mature sweet olive trees? They're no longer blooming. Been in the same spot for eight years. Um, Sweet olives are big shrubs, and if they've been in the ground eight years, I don't think I can move them. And I've worked at a plant-moving business for a long time. I think it would be better to go ahead and just cut them back, let them start back over again in the spring, and uh, see what happens. Maybe root some cuttings and put them, those in a better spot. But moving a big old plant with its crepe myrtle or an azalea or a holly or a sweet olive, if it's been in the ground five, six, eight, ten years, um, it's a lot of trouble. It's hard even for a professional to do. But the answer is do it in the fall. 
<laughs> if that helps at all. Now, we've got a caller who's been holding on a long time from Saucier down in South Mississippi. Good morning, Dee. How are you? Morning. Just fine. Good. What's up? Uh, I was just wanting to find out. I have got some turmeric growing in maybe a 15-gallon pot. Yeah, you you bring it in, don't you? No. Well, the turmeric, I'm. this is the first year growing turmeric. I've grown spiral ginger out in the ground. Okay. Well, Had you it know. come back for years, but last year got so cold for so long and held there yeah. that it killed off my spiral ginger. Yeah, and it'll kill your turmeric, too. I yes, figured it would. Yeah. Well, and I've also got some lemongrass out there in a the pot, and that's in a smaller pot, so I figured yeah. I would haul that back and forth. Lemon, lemongrass, you know, these are. I like I like the way lemongrass looks, you know. And if you yeah. want to, you know. And and by the way, I don't know if you cook with it or anything, but do you? I use, use it for barbecue skewers. Okay, because that's the best part. A lot of people just smell the leaves and thinks that's good, but those little leaf stems down close to the ground, that's where the real essence is. Right. But anyway, as far as the turmeric, um, you know, it's a tropical plant. I did a little quick research on it because I've never grown it. And uh, and, and it, it, I see that it'll freeze. It pro- I mean, it'll die probably gets down in the 30s. And if it stays wet, uh, that's yep. the problem. You might be able to keep them if you could just drag them into an unheated garage or something. No garage down here. Yeah. So we have a cellar, but... It doesn't stay as cold as it's supposed to. Yeah. Believe it or not, we've got a warm cellar. Yeah. Well, but here's the problem. Uh, these plants, even though we're trying to keep them alive over the wintertime by keeping them from freezing, they want to be growing year-round in a steamy jungle condition. See, so uh, at the very best, bringing them in or protecting them from freeze, but it kicks them really hard in the light and humidity department. If they're kept down in the cellar with the lights, I hate to do that to my light bill, but if I keep the lights on constantly, well, I mean, do I have to have new fluorescent bulbs? Uh, what I would do, that's an awfully big pot. Think about, <laughs> yes, think about putting some of them in smaller pots and leaving them out as long as it's, let's say, above 45, just leave them out. Okay. And bring them in just during the below 45 and then put them back out and you know, see, see if you can't keep them going that way. Okay, so I can't harvest them and hold the bulbs well, I, any I length don't, of time. I don't know. Never done it before. Might uh, be able to. Because I was wondering if you could do like you do with tulips or you know you want or me amaryllis. To, you, that, you know you you, would, you you want me to guess because I ain't going to. I was just curious. I don't know. <laughs> well, and I like I said, I really love my gingers, and I lost beautiful spiral red spiral gingers. Yeah. And I don't want to lose my turmeric. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, you know, a lot of these are, if you put them in a protected spot and mulch them, they can make it through the wintertime. But if we have a long, prolonged, cold, wet spell, that's what gets them. So I don't know. You know, you can give it a try. I, I think I'll probably split it up, like you said. Yeah. Just the thought of splitting up 15 and 20 and 30-gallon pots scares the hey, daylight hey, out of me. Let me ask you, how much turmeric do you need? Come on, D. It's beautiful. It looks like cannab. <laughs> Well, it doesn't oh, be flower, Are you, are you growing? You're growing for the. You're just growing for the plant, not to eat. I, I eventually want to eat it, but I want to have a big <laughs> enough crop that I have more to grow next year. Yeah. Uh, by the way, look up curcuma. Okay. Got to have some of that. C u r c u m a curcuma. That's a really hardy member of the ginger family. It's called hidden ginger. Ah. It's tough. And if you I like think to, I've killed some of that. Before. No, 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 no. Cannot kill this. Unkillable. Weedy. Unkillable, great little plant, and if you want to eat, growing wide leaves. Yeah, and the and the leaves hit. Well, they're different kinds. So, uh, shoot me an email. Let's see what we can get going here. All right. Okay, Th- D. Thank you very much. You bet. By the way, that email is garden at mpbonline dot org. I try to catch up on all my emails. I might miss one or two. And this morning, I th- I answered one that I got early this morning from my cell phone. Yay! It was great. And I went back home to to my computer to see if it actually made it. And spell check changed every fourth word. It looked like I was drunk when I sent it. I mean, spell check doesn't know how to say doodly squat. It changes it to something else, and it ain't nice. But anyway, send me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Hey, Felder, somebody posted this morning on the MPB Facebook page a Uh question for you. Um, She has to have three pine trees taken out of her yard this morning because of a lightning strike and then a pine beetle infestation. Yeah, real typical. So it's going to leave a big patch to replant. What kind of trees or shrubs would grow well in their place? That's a good question. By the way, when pine beetles are out there all the time, they're just like mosquitoes. They're about the size of a grain of rice, a little grain of rice, and uh, a healthy tree pushes them out with their normal sap flow. 
But when a tree gets struck by lightning or it gets droughty or has any kind of weakness, the pine beetles get the upper hand and then they spread to other trees. So to answer your question, though, uh, you can plant more pine trees. Nothing wrong with pine trees. You know, lightning's not going to strike them more than every, what, 25 or 30 years. So, you know, you could plant more pine trees. If you want something a little bit faster, think about eastern red cedar, plant old cedar trees or a magnolia. You know, but if you want that nice evergreen effect, uh, magnolias, uh, eastern red cedar, more pines, that would work. Per, or, or a combination of all three for a really cool culture uh, texture effect. If you want something really fast, I'll put you up a little screen, a little lattice on, you know, a couple of boards with a piece of lattice spread between them like a, uh, like a little small billboard, and then get you some slower growing stuff. Or, or maybe some upright v- varieties of crepe myrtles with their beautiful bark in the wintertime. So lots of different choices there. Um, and, you know, too many for me to really get much into right here. But anyway, thanks for the, the Facebook, uh, not Facebook, it was a Facebook thing. Facebook, Twitter, tweets, whatever. I can't figure that kind of stuff out. Hey, let's go up to the Delta, see what's going on in Clarksdale. Morning, Jimbo. How are you? Morning, man. I just uh, had two quick comments. I'm doing the same thing right now that you were doing this morning. I got my little fire pit fired up and playing in the dirt a little bit and uh, took your advice on hand-pollinating my squash, and it worked. Yeah. I've got squash coming out all over the place right now. They just started about a week ago. Yeah. And uh, my question was i'm building a new deck and i want to put some four o'clocks around it and all my four o'clocks i've got a huge bed of them right now Uh and when would be a good time to dig the bulbs and replant them do i need to wait till they just kind of peter out yeah yeah now see this is a tropical plant normally where it grows it stays green year round but it goes dormant it makes a tuber like a sweet potato in the ground right right uh, best time to do that is after they get you know they're going to get knocked down by a frost within you know uh, four or five six weeks enjoy them while you can and when they die down then dig a few of them Uh, you know you can do it anytime you know over the winter time but before they start sprouting in the spring Right, right. Okay, and, that's and, what I was saying, and I just wanted to double check. Yeah, and they're easy from seed too. So you know, yeah, collect you some of those seeds, and in the spring, when you replant some of those tuber things or corn, whatever they are, if you, yeah. if, if you'll just sprinkle a few of the seeds around them too, you'll get you know a nice little double effect. Cool. All right, man. I appreciate it. And okay, you have a Jimba. great day. Okay, appreciate it, man. All right, I got some fun music coming up. It's one of my favorite tunes, and unfortunately, it will forever be linked to a to a ghastly movie. But I hope you enjoy it, especially if you've got good speakers. Crank it up when we play the cheesy music today. Meanwhile, let's go over to Monticello, and uh, excuse me, Monticello. Hey, Jeremy, howdy. Hey, how's it going? Good, good, good. Um, Monticello is where Thomas Jefferson lived. Um, I, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I've got to get back in the vehicle so I don't have the road noise. Um, did you say where is Monticello? Yeah, no, Monticello, Monticello is where Thomas Jefferson lives. Monticello is down in South Central Mississippi. That's where I'm at, Monticello. Yeah, right on the banks um, of the Pearl. I have a big live oak here, and it's really sentimental to us. It's 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 we we planted it a hundred years ago. Somebody did in the family. Uh huh. And it's got black spots on the leaves. Just one area of the tree where the limbs are going down. Yeah. You know, and, and hitting the ground. Yeah. And I've got some leaves. I've, I've picked a variety. Some leaves have holes in them. Yep. And now, um, the other day, I noticed there were some white balls on on the bottom side of some of the leaves. Yeah. And now they're turning sort of turning brown. Yeah. I'm familiar with all of those things, and none of them are a real problem to the tree, really. You know, the okay. little ball things, that's a, that's a larvae of an insect. They're making what's called a gall, G-A-L-L, lots of different gall-forming insects. And they're real common. And, again, it's okay. not that big a deal. The spots, the holes and things. What I would do, uh, Jeremy, is look at the tree from across the street. And if overall it looks okay, it is okay. It's just one area. But does it look bad from a long ways no, off? No, sir. Ain't a problem. Looks great. Ain't a problem, All man. right. Well, and, thank you. I, I wanted to hear that. Thanks. Hey, let me throw this out, Jeremy. Somebody okay. is going to appreciate it 100 years from now if you plant a live oak. Done. All righty, man. Thanks. You betcha. Hope to see you at the state fair. <laughs> Horticulture's fell to rushing here, folks. we got lots and lots and lots of stuff to talk about. Um Going to be in Memphis Botanic Garden Tuesday, October the 18th, 7 o'clock in the evening. Going to whoop it up. In Fairhope, Alabama, the Master Gardeners are sponsoring a thing there at the uh, Faulkner State Community College, downtown beautiful Fairhope. 
I'll be there on Saturday, October 20th. Got some other speakers, and it's going to be just a fun day. Even though it's a day when people would rather get out and do stuff in their yard, this is a good chance to get in and huddle in with a whole bunch of other nutty people who like gardening. Uh, and this coming Monday evening, I'm teaching a one-shot, two-hour class on southern cottage gardening, how to have a cottage-like garden or a piece of a cottage garden in the Deep South. And if you want to see some examples and a little checklist of stuff, go to felderrushing.net and scroll down to the thing that says Southern Cottage Garden. Now, I think we can, before we go to our cheesy music, we can talk with Courtney calling from Slidell, Louisiana. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Felder. What's up? I'm, I uh, I have a brown thumb, but I enjoy your show a lot. Well, I've got you. plastic flowers that have begun to wilt. <laughs> hey, but, I've got uh, I, in hey, a moment hey. of weakness. I went out and on a limb and bought my wife a beautiful orchid plant at one of these big box stores. Oh yeah, gorgeous for a while. Now the <laughs> flowers have gone away, and I'm afraid that she'll get tired of it and want to throw me out with it or something i mean what do you do after the flowers are gone keep bringing more home keep bringing more home oh no is that it <laughs> no or we've what talked you... to it we've sung to it we play music it, it just sits there now well you've done everything except make it think that it's hanging off of a branch in a steamy jungle which is yeah, where we got it in the bathroom we have it by a shaded window i mean diff- lights coming through diffused but yeah uh it just sits there now. Well, here, uh, let me throw a couple of things off. First of all, there are some easy orchids, and there are some that are not easy at all. And some of the latter are among the showiest. So a lot of times yeah, they sell. Gorgeous. Yeah, a lot of times they sell these for the, just like they sell poinsettias. They're beautiful, but you don't expect them to live long. It's the gesture that counts, sweetheart. That's what you say. Good. Well, maybe I made some points. <laughs> also, listen. listen, listen, go to a florist and see if you can find some nice silk orchids and wire it on. A what, milk? No, a silk orchid oh, flower silk and wire yeah. it on. I, I like that very much, but she <laughs> hates dusting. So she says, they're going to get dusty. Well, give her a little note saying this note is good for five dustings over the next year. I'm yeah, tr- that I'm trying, might do it. Trying to help that you out here, brother. Listen, you mentioned something about daylight savings time on your timing system. Uh huh. Now it's coming up soon, so I'm going to make you a challenge. Okay. I almost I almost got fired over this issue. Uh oh. If you've got your timer set to bring lights on at sundown, which I had a business, uh, uh, we had a business that, you know, we had to have it lit for uh-huh. people walking around for safety. Right. My boss came up and said, did you change that timer? You know, daylight savings time is up or was yesterday. I said, nope. He said, well, you've got to change it. I said, no, I don't. And we argued. I made him sit there for two hours till the sun went down. If you've got that set timed with the sundown, then you don't have to touch it at all. Because what happens if when sundown comes, if you change that timer, guess what? You then have to change the time that the thing comes on, too. That's right. Well, listen, man, good, I hope you don't change that, use that approach with your wife. <laughs> We're going to be right back, folks. Hey, can you hear it? We're going into the mountains. We're going to go camping. But what's that I hear in the distance? Is it music? I'm a horticulturist, fellow Russian. Get ready for some cheesy music for fall. Those of you who like to wander around in the mountains. Beautiful piece of music by a couple of fabulous artists unfortunately tied to a gruesome movie. We'll be back with more of the Gestalt Gardener on public radio right after this. Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. mpbonline.org. MPB Think Radio. The late, great Earl Scruggs and Lester Flats. Horticulture's fell to rushing. Hey, folks, it's a Friday morning, maybe a Saturday if you're listening to, this, to, to the rebroadcast. Beautiful weekend. Time to get out and do some stuff. The dirt's not as easy to dig this week as it was last week. Didn't I tell you? Last week I said it's beautiful. It's like digging in chocolate cake. But after a couple of after a week or so, it gets hard again. So anyway, this is a good weekend to start looking around for neighbors who are putting bags of leaves on the curb, chopped up tree leaves and grass clippings mixed together from the mower. Beautiful compost stuff. It'll make it steamy. Hey, if you want to give us a call and talk this afternoon, this morning, it's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. It's real easy to remember. Phonetically, I think one eight seven seven MPB ring. Got the lines wide open. If you want to give me a call and talk about stuff. Meanwhile, I hope to see some of y'all at the state fair. I'll be in the line for the roasted corn. One of the emails I got actually got two emails uh, from from uh, Janice Hamblin. Here's what she had. A couple of them, and both of them are good. She said, "Last fall, I planted about two dozen spider lilies. They're my favorite flower." Well, only half a dozen of them came up. None are blooming yet. It's so disappointing to drive around and see others already blooming. Um, anyway, any idea why they're not sprouted and blooming yet? Uh, here's the thing with the spider lilies. If you dig up a clump that is blooming and you plant those, they have a good chance of blooming next year. But if you just get some and divide them and put them out there, sometimes it takes a year or two to sort of get settled in to get big and fin and plump enough to start blooming so don't give up make sure that when the leaves come up this fall and mine are already coming up the the leaves of my spider lilies look like uh, monkey grass with a thin pale green stripe down the middle give them a little bit of fertilizer now in the fall not in the spring but in the fall if you'll go ahead and fertilize them now then they'll have good roots and good flowers i mean good stems and all and in the spring before they die down they'll make really good flower buds Give them time. Her other uh, email, she said, I've got a, a wandering Jew plant that started out a few years as a single stem I rescued from a sidewalk. It sprouted, branched out, and became a lovely, vibrant plant. Now it has lovely long stems going everywhere. The center is brown and looks dead. Some of these lovely stems seem to be connected to the center of the plant by, she didn't say, links of lovely shriveled up stems. What am I doing wrong? Uh, gets a lot of west sun. What I would do would be to cut those lovely plants back and root some of them, start some new lovely plants. Because if you cut the watering Jew plants back, they will sprout back out. And the pieces you cut off and start several pots of, you'll have lots of stuff, lots of lovely stuff to give to your lovely friends. Now let's go to Slidell. Hey, Constance, good morning. Good morning. What you up to today? Uh, not much. I was wondering, uh, I know nothing about gardening, but was wondering how do you root a gardenia? Well, this is a good way to start because it's easy. If you'll get a, find the branch and from the very tip where it stopped where the flower was and cut that part off about four or five inches long. So you got four or five inches at the very end of the branch, strip part of the leaves off the bottom and put them in a Coca-Cola bottle full of water and they'll root. Two or three weeks, they'll have roots. Well, that sounds great. Now, could you go over this thing about the uh, branch again? You Yeah, you want to get the ends of the branches, you know, the part that has a flower. Are they still flowering? No. Okay. Well, the part that had flowers on the very end of the branch, that's the part you want to root, uh, four or five inches of the ends of the branch. And, uh-huh. just and again, just, you know, cut it off, strip most of the leaves off except the ones on the very end and put i usually put three or four or five in one uh, uh thing full of water so that way you always have at least two or three or four that root but they'll root within three or four weeks right that sounds wonderful thank you so much Elder. it's a good one to start with constance appreciate your call now let's go to mobile hey robin good morning good morning um, those gardenias that you were talking about just now, uh-huh. when should those get planted, and where, do they need a lot of sun or anything? Well, I've seen gardenias in full sun. I've seen them in heavy shade. The whole key is whether you can dig a wide hole or not. The wider, you know, if you dig a hole that's three feet across, that seems kind of stupid for a little plant, but right. the, but but they'll quickly fill that up with root. The better roots they have, the more sun 
they'll take. I mean, I've seen these growing okay. in broiling sun in a cemetery. Okay. So the main thing is a wide hole. Don't add a lot of stuff to your dirt. If it's really, really bad dirt, you know, add a little bit of stuff to it, not much. And then cover the whole thing with some some good old tree leaves, regular tree leaves, and the plants will do fine. And you could, as soon as they're rooted, you can plant them? Well, what I would do, because, you know, it's, it's kind of late in the year. And if you get them started now, they're going to be... They're going to be awfully tender to be putting out. But, yes, mm-hmm. what I would do is I would put them in pots and, um, you know, with some potting soil and then keep them outside in a protected place over the winter. They won't freeze okay. outside. And okay. uh, just make sure you water them. That way, uh, hmm, I'm going to back up. I think you can go ahead and plant them. But what I would do is put them in a little flower bed or something like that to get them started rather than a great big hole okay. with a little bit of plant. easy place to get them out of. Yeah, or, okay. or or better yet, dig your wide hole and fill it full of pansies and snapdragons and other stuff and tuck these things in there. You'll have uh-huh. something to look at over the winter. And in the <laughs> spring, when they're ready to pull up, you got gardenias. Uh, all right. <laughs> and what about um, cutting back shrubs? I have some shrubs that don't really flower, but they just have wide, waxy leaves. Mm-hmm. When should those get cut back? If you get a cut back hard, let's do that in the late winter or the early spring. You can do it up until the middle, later, latter part of the summer. But if you cut them now hard, the new growth is going to come out will freeze in January, February, even on the coast. Okay. So what I would do is I would, I would just um, uh, I would just neaten them up for the for the winter, and then if you're going to cut them hard, let's do it late in the winter. Okay, thank you. Uh, by the way, I'm gonna be uh, in your neck of the woods. I'm gonna be over in uh, downtown um, Fairhope on October when? the 20th. Saturday, right. October 20th. Fantastic. All right. Hope to see you there. I'll be there. All righty. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. 1-877-MPB-RING if you want to give me a call or garden at mpbonline.org. Going to Jackson. Scott, what's going on with your poison ivy? You like it or don't like it? <laughs> don't like it. I had a little problem back in, I guess, on May. I was working in my garden. Maybe May or June, I got into some poison ivy and... I just thought I was itching, so I just scratched it real bad. I got a bad rash. How do I recognize poison ivy? There's so many different types. Is there a rule or a trick or something? Yeah, I there's, even, a, there, there, there's, there's a real easy one. And once you once you reckon, once you figure it out, then you'll see it everywhere. It's kind of scary. So you might not want to know. <laughs> but there there's two vines that look very much alike out there. One is, and they're both native. One is called um, Virginia creeper, and each of the leaves has five leaflets. Okay. okay, poison ivy has three leaflets. Okay, and uh, and the, and each one is on a pretty long stem, so it looks like you know, you know, it's, it's a poison ivy leaf can be you know a, a foot long with three leaflets, each one almost as big as your hand. But okay. the, but but typically they're going to be in little groups with three leaflets on them. And, okay, and right now, I mean, and and also in another month or so, they'll start showing fall color. They have really beautiful red and and yellow fall colors. The Virginia okay. creeper doesn't. And they're active year round. No, no, they drop their leaves in the fall. And uh, by the oh, way, yeah. you you can still get a bad rash from them in the winter time. Okay, okay. So the. Okay, Thank you very much, Phil. Okay, and if you want to, shoot me an email. I've got a picture that I took side by side with Virginia creeper and poison ivy, and I'd, I'd be glad to shoot it to you. I definitely will. All righty, man. Poison ivy. Oh, boy. I love this stuff is great. It is great stuff. Uh, we got some other calls. We've got a little break coming up. Let me throw this out, though. Uh, one of the emails I got from Lasha in Biloxi. She said, I took your advice about rooting camellias. Once they have roots, do I plant them in pots indoors and then move them outside in the spring, or can the rooted plant go directly in the ground? I don't know what caused me to read this one because uh, it, the same thing is with gardenias. If they've got good roots on them, I'd go ahead and plant them in the ground, mulch them with, le- with leaves, and then plant some winter flowers, you know, some pansies, some violas, some ornamental kale, um, you know, something that, that, that gives you something to look at over the wintertime in that hole. And watering them is more than enough to keep the rooted camellia or gardenia or whatever going. So plant flowers. Now, as a matter of fact, I root roses in the wintertime. I plant violas in a flower bed, and when the roses start to go dormant, I stick cuttings in between those. Next spring, they're all ready to pull up. Anyway, horticulture's fell to rushing. You're listening to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We have programs locally produced here every week, every day of the week from 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock. Tune in often. Go to our website, mpb.online.org. I think that's what it is. 
Anyway, we'll be back with the Gestalt Gardener right after this. This is an MPB Think Think Radio Radio podcast. mpbonline.org. MPB Think Radio. Welcome back, folks. Felder Rushing here. Uh, Chris Boyd wrote uh, that he was recently given a, pea, a plant of what's called coxcomb. He said, I potted it with some mums just until I know what to do with it. I like to save the seeds in order to plant a bed of their unique plants next spring, but I'm not really sure how. Coxcomb is a type of silosia. It starts with a C. It and Prince's Feather and the Flamingo, there's several really, really good ones. These are incredibly heat and drought tolerant summer annuals. They bloom all spring, summer, and fall, and they're prolific seed producers. What I do, Chris, and, and, and I even have a picture of this, uh, is I take a, the kitchen colander, I take the flower of coxcomb, any kind of celosia, I chop them up in little pieces, and rub them around in the, in the uh, colander over a bowl, and the tiny little shiny black seeds go down through the holes. Uh, including some of the flowers. Save those until spring, throw them on top of some dirt, and you're ready to go. And if you plant them in a place that doesn't have a lot of mulch, like old-fashioned gardens used to be, they'll reseed themselves for years to come. Now let's go to Clinton. Hi, Jim. Good morning. Good morning, Felder. Hey, what's up? Hey, Quickie. Last year I decided to go to perennials um, try to get my knees um, to live for another 10 years. Yeah. Put knockout roses around, double-bloom knockouts. Yeah. And uh, I know they're very hardy and so forth. And I'm looking now to put some additional knockouts in between some of the spaces that I've got. Is yeah. this, uh, uh, is it better to wait until spring, or can I uh, plant some knockouts now? You know, I actually, first of all, a, pot, a plant that's grown in a pot can be set out any day of the year if you and your knees can do it, okay? But those set out in the fall or the winter actually get established before spring and need less care the following summer so the you know the sooner you can do it the better but if you've especially if you've already got the dirt really worked up but uh what i would do is i would go in and dig the holes nice not too deep you know good shovels depth maybe a little deeper in the middle but wide add just a little stuff to it you know the old-fashioned thing about throwing a bunch of stuff mixing in with your dirt that's out these plants grow better in dirt than in potting soil so stir a little bit of stuff in it and get your holes dug ahead of time. And then when you get your knockouts, Jim, this is something that a lot of people don't do. Loosen up the potting soil and the roots before you plant it, and then you can walk away from them. But fall or early winter is probably the best time. Okay, good man. Yeah, I don't I don't know if you'll have a good a selection right now. Garden centers tend to not order right. plants in the summertime, so you might actually have better quality plants in the spring. But if you can get some good plants in the fall, go ahead and put them in the ground. Okay, I'll check that out. Okay. Thank you, sir. You bet. Appreciate it, Jim. Bye-bye. Now let's go to Newton. I haven't heard from Kelton in a long time. How are you doing, lady? <laughs> hey, Felder. Uh, I have uh, – are you hearing I, me? I am. Okay. Uh I have come in on the spider lilies. Uh-huh. I've learned by hard experience that most of the time when they don't bloom, it's because they were mowed down too late and they couldn't sprout the blooms up. Could very well be. Could be. It might and, be might uh, be that they're I being I've heard mo- so many people say they know where they are but they haven't come up. Well, if a lot of times they're kind of out from a tree or something and the lawnmower just cuts them down, you yeah, know, along it. with the grass. That and could very well so be. So this year we went through a spell when I didn't have to have my yard mowed right at the time they were coming up, so I had spider lilies blooming. <laughs> In other words, people who don't have really good yards have better spider lilies. <laughs> That's another reason for just... For and you've seen my yard, and you know that with the hills and the uh, banks around here that uh, I, I can have some really bad places. That's okay. But aren't they pretty when they bloom? They are. I've loved them this year. I've seen more, I think, than I ever have before on our street. And uh, I do still enjoy your show, and I listen every week, but I just don't bother to call that much. Well, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it, lady. Good to hear from you, too, Kelton. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, lovely lady. She lives downtown uh, Newton. 
and uh, I had a really good visitor garden one time. She shared some plants with me. I still got them. Uh, we're going to be talking about gardening every Friday, rebroadcast on Saturdays. And if you like a little bit more in-depth information, uh, some cheesy pictures and stuff like that, go to my website. It's nonprofit. I don't sell stuff. There's no links or anything like that. But it's felderrushing.net. If you like bottle trees or garden hearts or if you want to know about ornamental grasses or if you just want to see some cheesy stuff, felderrushing.net. Today's Claire and Ledger column of mine is about cottage gardening in the South. And uh, I've put a little bit of extra stuff about cottage gardening on my website. Southern cottage garden, not English cottage garden, southern cottage gardens. Now, let's go to uh, to Tupelo. Charlotte, good morning. How are you? Hello, Felder. What can I help you with? Oh, a few weeks ago, I planted seeds of a beautiful lettuce called red velvet. Oh, yeah. And the package says that it germinates in four to five days, but nothing has come up. And I just wondered if it was too hot for lettuce seeds to come up right now. Not if you kept it moist. You don't have to keep it wet, but, you know, there's little seeds, and if it's really hot, you might need to wet it down once a day. And, okay. You know, so I've been just been watering like every three or four days. Probably. No, those little seeds when they first start sprouting, if it gets really hot and dry, they might dry out really, really quick. So what I would do is, do you still have some seeds left? I do. Okay. The, go ahead and sprinkle them very lightly over some potting soil or some soil, and just wet it down. And then once, maybe twice a day, just sprinkle it. Just we're trying to keep the seeds moist, not trying to wet the uh-huh. dirt and see if they, if they don't come right on up. Well, the pots I planted the seed in is right in the sun, too. Well, that's, that's so not they, a problem. They, they dry, and they're concrete, so they dry out quick. Yeah, and you don't want to mulch yeah. it because that covers up the seeds. So well, yeah, what I would do true. is I, I would just throw them on top of the, you know, lightly work up the dirt, scatter the seeds, and just a, use a sprinkler to water them, uh, you know, a little watering can type uh-huh. thing, and yeah. that's enough to cover them up. And just do that once or twice a day. Just wet them down. They should come right on up. Are you familiar with the red velvet lettuce? I, I am. It's one of the good old heirloom varieties. Oh, it's beautiful. It's yep. beautiful. Tastes good, too. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, thank you so much. You bet. You appreciate it. Okay, now we got time for one more call here. Let's go to James. He's on the road talking about German irises. What's up? Hello, James. Hello. Hey, what can we help you with? Uh, I'm James Stigall from Pensacola. I love listening to your program when I'm passing through Mississippi. But Pre- I appreciate it. I to ask you, for, I'm a horticulturist also, but what kind of German iris, iris germanica, can you recommend for Pensacola? Uh, all of them. I've, I've seen the, you know, uh, you know, the, the albacans, you know, the old white one they call Cemetery Whites. I see that all the way down south of Gainesville. I, I, mean, I can barely hear you. Go okay, ahead. you can you can grow those as long as you plant them shallow with the top of the rhizome showing in the sun. You can grow those down south of Gainesville. Because I have tried some different types there, and it, I felt like it just wasn't cold enough in Pensacola for them. Yeah, because just a few miles north of us, they grow okay. They, they, but when we get down closer to the water, it just doesn't do as well. But I, I've seen them growing down in 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 uh, you know down as far as Gainesville, so I know they will. I tell you what, shoot me an email and let's come up with some really cool varieties. Did you say email you? Yeah, e- email me. We'll get in more discussion because we're running out of time now. But shoot me an email. I understand. Well, I really enjoy your program, and I'm going to make an effort to get to see you in Fairhope when you come there in a few weeks. I, and I'm also going to be across the bay, I think, in the spring from Pensacola at Bay Mignette. Bay Mignette? Yeah. Okay, I'll try to keep my ears and eyes open for it. Okay, James, appreciate it. Hands back on the wheels, man. All righty, folks. We've done a lot of stuff today, a lot of chatting. Next week we'll have the uh, usual guests. I enjoy uh, having guests and bringing uh, different insights in, but it's good just to play catch up every now and then. By the way, if you've got some uh, some requests for some guests, I don't think I can get Martha on the program, but if there's somebody or a topic you'd like me to have a, a an expert to interview, shoot me an email about that. If you've got some cheesy music that's garden-related that's clean enough to play on public radio, Send us that, too. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing, and we've been just talking about gardening, gardening in the South. But it's really gardening everywhere. It doesn't matter where you live. It's the same thing. Dig a hole, put something in it, green side up. Everything else is pure finesse, folks. But kids don't know how to do this. So teach them. 
Going to be doing this Millsaps College thing Monday night, October the 10th. Got all sorts of things coming up next weekend. Ocean Springs downtown, then Memphis Botanic Garden, Fairhope, Alabama. A lot of fun stuff going on, folks. Hope to see some of y'all at the Mississippi State Fair this next week. Meanwhile, if you get a chance, I know the dirt's hard, but the weather's good. See if you can go out and get dirty. Go to Farmer's Market. Take a kid with you. I'm Horticulture's Fellow Rushing, and you've been listening to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. See you next week.